Okay, well, good morning and welcome to our service this morning on Zoom. And also welcome to anybody who might be uh, listening to us live on our live stream or maybe later on when they're watching the YouTube clip. Uh, today, the service will be led by Reverend Kevin Johnson. So if you'd just like to wave there, there you go. There he is. There he, is. Uh, he, he was hoping to do it from the chapel in the fields, but it doesn't quite work out that, for that way for technical reasons. Um, there's only one notice that I've got which is that uh, following last Thursday's AGM, all the three candidates that were put forward for eldership, that's Colin Burrows, Brian Evans, Tim Skinner, have all been elected for another term of three years. I won't describe it as a sentence. Um, now, as normal, everybody's going to be muted today, uh, except when they're actually taking part. So if you can stay on mute except when you're taking part, but also except for the grace at the end, which we'll all say together. Now, as usual, at the end of the service, there'll be a breakout room. And this year, that will be... Sorry? Yeah, at the end of the service today, there'll be a breakout room uh, for those who want prayer. And that will be organised by Brian and Pam. Uh, I think that's all I've got. So if I now pass over to Kevin... Thank you. It's great to be with you. Uh, and uh, it seems a while since I last saw you all, but uh, lovely to be here this morning. Uh, yeah, as Colin said, about uh, half past eight, I went down to the chapel, which is less than two miles from where we live. The chapel being in Dunham Massey and we live in Partington. And my hope was to uh, come live, if you like, from inside the chapel. But rural broadband uh, is a bit intermittent, I'm afraid. Uh, we did something on Friday and uh, it, it let us down a little bit. So uh, my wife and I tried it this morning on Zoom, but uh, decided to uh, come back uh, to my dining room. So got some nice flowers and a candle. So uh, here I am in a slightly alternative context. So my prayers this morning are on screen share. I'm not sure who the techie guy is. Oh, Colin, there you go. Uh, so the image that you can see is actually inside the chapel. Uh, this is one of the windows around the side of the building. Uh, the candle is, um, well, the nails are reclaimed nails from the floorboards when we refurbished the chapel four years ago. Rather than throw these hand-drawn, uh, hand-wrought nails away, uh, we reclaimed them from the wood, uh, from the floorboards, and made several candle holders. So as we approach Easter... Uh, it feels to be quite a relevant uh, image with the candles surrounded by the nails. So our prayers will be on the next slide and please let me lead them. But where there is um, bolder print, would you please join in? So the next slide, please. This day, it may hold fear, loneliness or sadness. May we find our peace in you. This day, it may hold fun times, laughter and happiness. May we find our joy in you. This day, it may hold dark times. May we find our light in you. This day, it may be full of excitement, creativity and plans. May we find our imagination in you. This day, we may feel overwhelmed, worried or anxious. May we find our strength in you. This day, we may feel lost, hurt or unsure. 
may we find our help in you. This day, unknown to us but known to you, may we find our hope in you. This day and every day, may we meet with you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Friends, as we gather our thoughts into quietness, we confess our sins to the one who knows us best. We know ourselves chosen, adopted as the children of God. We dare to believe that you and I are part of a plan, conceived before the foundation of the universe. But we are living as God's children. Are we living as God's children? Are we honouring our inheritance? We know ourselves called, but we're so easily distracted. We know ourselves loved, but we balk at the cost. Come, friends, let us confess our sins to the Lord. And we just keep a moment's quiet. And the next slide. Friends, our God has poured out grace upon grace, freely in great abundance, even on you, even on me, though we never earned it and don't deserve it. We say together, in Christ we are made new through his death. All your sins and mine crumble away. In Christ we are forgiven, signed with the Spirit, Lavish with gift upon gift, released into hope to live for praise and glory. Amen. I'm going to hand over to Pam and Brian for the Lord's Prayer. Thank you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Amen. We join in with the song, Everyone Needs Compassion.
That's a great song. We uh, we sang it at our daughter's wedding, so it's always synonymous for me with that great occasion. Uh, back to Colin, I think, for birthdays. That's right. Uh, so, anybody like to volunteer to say they've got a birthday? I've actually got two that have been flagged up to me. Oh, yes, there's one. And, uh, yes, I can see that, yes. It's two of the, anybody else? Just uh, change screens for a moment. Mm-hmm. No, I can't see anybody else. So, uh, Zach, where are you? I can't find you. Where are you? Zach, how old are you going to be? And when, when's your birthday? Lost his tongue for a change. Six, yes. six and it's today. Oh, today. All right. Very good. Now, uh, Mrs. Cutts, Eddie Cutts, when is, when is your birthday? Sorry, say again. 25th of March. 25th, right. Thursday. Thursday. Thank you. Uh, now, for health and safety reasons, I won't ask you how, how old you'll be on that day. <laughs> My health and safety, that is. Uh, right, so if we just do those two, uh, are we ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Zach and Edna. Happy birthday to you. Brilliant. And uh, happy birthday from me. My singing is rubbish, but uh, great to see that. Um, So we have two readings. Just to say that today is the Sunday often known as Passion Sunday. So we are approaching Easter It feels really strange again this year to be approaching Easter online. 
But uh, we, we concentrate our minds on the story of Jesus as he approaches Jerusalem. So without any further ado, Steve is going to read our first uh, passage uh, and then Stuart. So I'll just let you one follow the other. So thanks, gents, for doing this. Let's uh, hear God's word. Our first reading is Psalm 51, verses 1 to 12. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, only you, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness, even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And our second reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 12. Verses 20 to 33. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida and said in Galilee with a request, Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be my father will honour the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Amen. Amen. Thank you, uh, Steve and Stuart, for those readings. And uh, we reflect together 
on what that might mean for us, those passages, or certainly the uh, passage from John. Uh, But just by way of introduction, one of the things that we have done at the chapel in the last 12 months is to do a lot of things online. And in Lent, we've tried something online and quite a simple formula. What we've done is we've invited people to join us and uh, we've had about 18, 19 people from all around the country for an hour on a Friday morning. And uh, all that we've done is we've read each morning in Lent, so each uh, each week, uh, a few chapters of Mark's gospel. Uh, I don't know how many preachers are here uh, with us this morning, but uh, we preachers tend to just take a little bit of a, of a gospel uh, and then make, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes of, uh, of something from that small amount of text. What we were doing uh, in the last few weeks is to read it as a story, uh, to reflect on it as a narrative. And it's just been brilliant. And we've we've gained so much by hearing people's insights into how they hear the story, linking all the chapters together uh, and reading sort of two or three chapters each morning. Um, and so the, the the story has come alive in, in a way that uh, perhaps it doesn't always when we, when we preach on it. So having said that, I am now going to take just a few verses and they're found in John chapter 12, as we've just heard. It is the last few days of, um, you know, leading up to the resurrect, well, to the crucifixion and the resurrection. It's found in John. It's part of what we call the passion story. And it's a turning point. So in John's gospel, there are many threads, many levels of meaning. It's it's one of my favorite books in the Bible, to be honest. And it seems to be like a hinge point in in his story, in his account of of Christ. Chapters 11 and 12 um, have this sort of movement in the story. We've had in uh, chapter 11, the raising of Lazarus. We've got the Sanhedrin who are now quite fixed on uh, on a plot uh, to kill Jesus. So Jesus has raised Lazarus and yet the Sanhedrin want to take away the giver of life. It's It's a matter of life and death, really. And so as we've just heard, there are some Greeks uh, at the festival. So these Greeks are in the melee of the crowd that are in Jerusalem at this time. Uh, and they come to Philip, who was from Bethsaida, and say to him, we want to see Jesus. And it says Philip went and told Andrew. And then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Some Greeks want to see Jesus. What were the Greeks doing there? And in a, in a sense, who do the Greeks represent Well, it's kind of obvious in many ways. They represent the non-Jewish people. And so if this gospel is for all people, then maybe John is giving us a clue that the Greeks being present in Jerusalem and wanting to search for meaning is a clue that this, this death and resurrection is for all people in all places. Perhaps we might say uh, for the rest of the world. Up till now, the the story is centred around Jesus in the locality dominated by Jews, but under the Roman rule. And so the Greeks come into this story and they come in with this question. We would like to see Jesus. Why do the Greeks want to see Jesus? And we might ask the question ourselves. Why do we want to see Jesus? The Jews would want to see Jesus as someone who might set them free. Uh, usher in a new way of life and actually be the Messiah that they've longed hope for. After all, as we say, they are surrounded and occupied by a Roman 
uh, army. And the Greeks, what, what do they want? What are they hoping for? Would Jesus free them from their shackles? What is it that binds them? And in our own story, what is it that binds us and allows us not to see Jesus? Is Jesus the answer? Can he deliver both Jew and Greek? Will he bring me the life that I want? These questions can drive us to want to see Jesus. We want to see Jesus who will ride into town and fix everything that's wrong, set things straight and restore the world as we think it should be. But sometimes I think we want to see Jesus in our own eyes and not the real Jesus. And there's an impersonal nature to this request because the Jews want to see Jesus, but they get passed on to Philip, who then passes them on to Andrew. And it seems like they don't directly get to Jesus. I wonder whether sometimes we have this desire to see Jesus, but only for who we think he is and to restore us into our comfort zones. Either way, this is the hinge point. Up until now in John's Gospel, the hour has not yet come. There's always been this sense of not yet. We we read it in the wedding at Cana. But here in this passage in John 12, it clearly says the hour has come. And these are the words directly from Jesus. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And then he goes on to tell them what we probably call a parable. Very truly, I say, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life will lose it. Those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me where I am. To the Greeks, who we know to be uh, intelligent and, um, you know, quite a sophisticated culture. In response to their question, we want to see Jesus. They get this farming analogy of a tiny kernel of wheat falling into the ground and dying. Oh, the paradox of to save your life, you must lose it. Probably not the response that they were hoping for when they went uh, with the request. We want to see Jesus. What this tells me is Jesus has the cross firmly fixed in his mind. He knows why he's in Jerusalem and he knows that very shortly he's going to be delivered up to die, to be buried, to rise and then ascend back to the father. Jesus is not going to be around much longer. He's not going to be seen. But maybe in the fullness of time, he will be believed. With the use of this wheat kernel, Jesus has predicted that the restored life he is bringing will accomplish um, more than they can ever imagine. And so those of us who are keen gardeners or those of you who are keen gardeners uh, will, will know all about planting seeds, how the seed itself disappears, camouflages itself in the dirt and gives way to the new life that comes as a result of giving up its own life. And it's and it's a powerful uh, analogy. It's a powerful parable. And especially in the close proximity to the arrest, trial, crucifixion uh, of Jesus, only this seed will come up after its own kind. It will come and it will be a sign of the father's kingdom. This new life that emerges is all about God's grace and God's mercy to the world. Jesus doesn't turn the Greeks away or us away for our self-serving intentions. 
uh, rather by this parable uh, reveals to him reveal, reveals himself to us as the way the truth and the life and then the story goes further in the passage this morning those who love their life will lose it those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life whoever serves me must follow me this is quite powerful stuff uh, about losing life about saving it about serving and following Jesus um, this feels restorative uh, to me it feels like give up our own worldly ambitions and intentions uh, to die many little deaths for the sake of the greater kingdom so that we might walk not by sight uh, but by faith and we can take comfort even though there's so much unrest and pain in our world uh, the broken world that we live in we don't live by sight we live by faith and our faith that we celebrate on Passion Sunday today is a Jesus who has reconciled the world, who has restored and redeemed all creation. Um, all this has been accomplished by this seed dying into the ground and rising to new life to bear fruit. And so what Jesus um, talks about, he embodies, he enacts. And so the challenge, I think, for us is uh, how we face our own loss disappointment discouragement depression whatever it may be uh, that's on our on our list uh, this morning we can take comfort and find peace in the fact that this mysterious jesus has walked the way before us uh, he gave himself lost his life that he might gain it uh, but for our glory and the final part of what we heard this morning um, now my soul is troubled and what should I say father save me from this hour no it's for this reason that I came to this hour uh, so Jesus is now giving a little bit more insight into you know the hour has come and this is what it's going to look like and Jesus is resolute and determined and obedient uh, and full of the sense of the, um, the 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 path that he should take uh, and it's for his father's glory but it's also of benefit to us. This life that he gives up will break the shackles of the bondage that we are enslaved in. He knows the root of our suffering and he plunges the depth of sorrow. And he doesn't settle for our shallow request, but he provides in himself the very life that we need. And in him, we find true freedom and peace beyond our wildest imaginations. The passage concludes this morning's passage with the idea of judgment. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. So the enemies of uh, Jesus, which is death and evil, really, uh, will be driven out and he will be lifted up and he will draw all people to himself. I think in closing, what is important here is that we see our true humanity is not found in ourselves but actually in jesus the servant king the one who gives himself what needs to be driven out of us is our self-centeredness and self-reliance and jesus can reset us as he takes the road to the cross and rather than go off with the greeks we are told that it's for this purpose that he's arrived at this hour at this moment this is the moment of destiny 
but it's all a gift for you and I. So in the realm of living in the kingdom, it's love that matters most. Losing life means gaining an enlarged life and creating a richer life for those around us and becoming part of the kingdom. Truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. For me, at least, this seems to be the secret of the kingdom. And it's for his power and his glory that we give thanks today. Amen. I'm just looking what's coming next because my, we're going to sing uh, Your Grace is Enough. Thanks, Tim.
Thank you. I'm going to hand over to Colin to lead our prayers for each other, for the world around us. So uh, thanks, Colin. Shall we just pray together? Father God, we just pray that you will lead our prayers and that we will follow your will and your spirit as you guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you that you are here this morning with us. We thank you that we can come before you, Lord, to praise you, to worship you, to listen to you, to hear your word and to bring our prayer requests before you, Lord. Things that you've laid on our hearts to pray for, things that you've guided us to pray about. Father, we just pray for our world. Father, it's your world. You've given it to us to look after the stewards and we've not done a really good job of it. But Father, we just pray for your wisdom and for your patience and for your peace. We pray that our leaders in our world may become wise, may stop being selfish, may start sharing what riches they have so that the poor in the world may come to have more than they have at the moment, which is very little. Father, we pray for the areas where there is unrest. We pray for Myanmar, in Africa as well, Lord. In America as well, Lord, there, there are places where there is dispute. There are places where there is disharmony. There are places where there are fighting. There are places, Lord, where there is injustice. We pray for the equality of rights. We're all coloured, Lord. Let's just remember that. We pray, Lord, for evenness for for men and for women. We pray for equality, Lord. We pray that there is no injustice in this world. Wow, what a prayer that is for this world to have no injustice. But Father, that's only possible through you. Father, we just ask that you will use us in any way you can to help to bring about equality and justice. Father, we pray for our country. We lift before before you our leaders. We pray for wisdom, that they don't rush into things, that they take their time, Lord, and that they make the decisions that are right for us as a country. We pray, Lord, that all the silliness that's going about meeting together when they shouldn't, when rules are being ignored, we pray that, Lord, that doesn't undo all the sacrifices that have been made over the last 12, 15 months. We just pray, Lord, for wisdom for patience and for caring, Lord, caring for each other rather than caring about ourselves. We pray for our community, Lord. We we pray both within our area and also, Lord, within our church. There are people in our church who are in need, who are in in suffering, Lord, who are who need your touch, who need you to be with them. Lord, you know who you are, who they are. We pray for other members of our community who are in need, who need your touch. Father, I don't know them all, but I don't know them all, but you do. And we'll just leave a minute now for just people to, to voice somebody who they know needs you now. Father, we lift our church before you. Father, people could say that these are exciting times, even though they are sad and even though they are lonely, even though they are difficult, but they're exciting times because we have a way forward 
and we now can rebuild and we now can look forward to the work that you would have us do. Strengthen us, Lord. Guide us. Give us a vision that can only be from you. Give us a spirit that can only come from you. Give us strength. Give us just a drive, Lord, that wants us to share your love in this area and to make the most of what we have. Let us not waste this opportunity to restart our church and to rebuild it on Jesus. Father, just bless this time and the time ahead. And hear our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Colin. That's great. And we're going to uh, listen and join in if you feel able singing uh, Living Hope. Thanks, Tim. Sealed the promise 
close with the grace i um, suggested to tim only about an hour ago uh, i'd like to play this short video it's uh, it's really a prayer and very quickly the background is that at the chapel in dunham massey we have a couple of yew trees and uh, four years ago we trimmed some of the branches to create space to build one of the uh, workshops so these branches have been these twisted branches have been seasoned and dried and I've been looking at them now for a few months, thinking I could make something with that. And in my head, in my sort of uh, imagination, I, all I could think of was tangled, the, the nature of these tangled branches. And it seemed to uh, be a reflection of the world that we're currently in. And so a couple of months ago, I actually um, put the uh, the branches together, created this uh, this piece called Tangled. So I'll leave it with you as, as a prayer to close. And it fits really well with that song that we've just heard, because in all of the tangled nature of the world that we're in and, and your life, my life, there is hope and the light of hope shines. So I'm going to hand back to Tim as we watch this uh, about three, three and a half minute video. So um, over to you, Tim.
over to Colin for the uh, for the grace. Thanks, Colin. All right. Well, thank you first of all, Kevin, for for giving us that message today. It was very interesting. Um, can we all come off mute and then we'll say the grace together? Moment to get off. I think most people are off now. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen. Amen. Amen.